welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is the designer of luxury maternity and nursing bras in a wide assortment of styles, sizes, and shapes to suit all body types. And today's episode is also brought to you by Motif. Are you in search for the perfect pump or for your breastfeeding days? The Motif Luna Breast Pump is covered by insurance and proven to provide more milk in less time. But we will hear more from our sponsors later. Um, at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you can find our sponsor page. And those sponsors make this podcast possible. If you ever need anything, check there and see if you can give any of them your, your business. And while you're there, scroll down, enter your email address, and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And please check out our shop page too, because it's awesome merch that Diane and I designed ourselves. And we are on Patreon. It is super exciting. We have so many fun things going on over there. Lives, mini podcasts, extra episodes, uh, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, we send stickers to everyone who signs up and we are having lots of fun and you should really join us there. You could check out the tiers and the different levels of, oh, by the way, Patreon is this thing. <laughs> I always talk about Patreon like everyone knows what Patreon is and maybe you don't know what it is. Um, so actually the easiest thing is to just go over there, click the link right underneath whatever you're listening to are on right now. It's right under this episode, in this episode, notes of this episode. And uh, you could check out what it is and what's on each tier. And I'm going to give shout outs now to all of our patrons. We have Kristen W, Kate A, Elizabeth P, Mackenzie C, Hannah, Sarah U, Jessica M, Sarah, Ellen A, Michelle, Kayla, Elia J, Kimberly D. D oh, oh, my dog is chewing on my foot. Deanna J, Holly U, Christina P, Meredith D, Megan A, Stephanie H, and Haley N. These are all of our patrons. We're having super fun with them over there. You should check it out. Also, we are um, still hosting our ongoing giveaway where you can send us a screenshot of your review or that you leave anywhere on the internet. And we will send you uh, stickers and thank you for nursing in public cards. You can send that to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And Diane has our review of the week. I do. I've got it right here. I took a picture of it. Now I pulled up the wrong thing. Oh, shoot. Here it is. Okay. I got it. This is a negative review, you guys. So I know it happens. Which it happens warrants some clarifying, I think. Yes, it does for sure. And I'm glad she left it. So, uh, but I just, I don't know if she still listens. She I don't know. If she, us, yeah, she's, she's gone. She says she's gone. So hopefully, yeah. I don't know if she can hear our response. But I want, if anybody else is thinking this way, I definitely, we want to clarify because we were like, what? What? So we says, I stopped listening when there was a comment about taking only eight weeks off of maternity leave was ridiculous. I didn't appreciate the judgment of the comment, and I don't think any new mom should feel shame about the amount of time they decide or are able to take for maternity leave. Otherwise, I thought there was some good information, but felt compelled to share that feedback. And when I read this, I was like, when have we ever judged a mother for returning to work? I don't feel like that ever happened. Obviously, somebody felt like that well, happened. I think this is what happened. We rant a lot about maternity leave and how 
we feel that people should be allowed to have longer maternity leave and be with their babies longer to kind of get started. And we are bashing society and our, you know, our limited length of maternity leave here in this country and as opposed to other countries where they have longer maternity leave. But I guess the misunderstanding comes from like if you want to go back to work at eight weeks or six weeks or the next day, like we don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I, I'm a blogger, so it doesn't really like, it's not really the same, but I was like posting like while I was in labor. And then the next day I'm like, here, I'm like, I have my, I'm, I was like doing stuff because I wanted to. I mean, I know I had a client not too long ago. Actually, she was a client of mine who ended up doing a review and I sent her stuff and, you know, whatever. I loved her. She um, she went back to school at like two weeks and I'm like, oh, my God, come on. And she's like, well, I had to, you know, I really need to finish this program and they wouldn't give me any time. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, my gosh, shame on you. You should never have done that. Like, I have never said that to anybody. I do understand that there are some people that really enjoy going back to work. And I know we've talked about that before on the podcast, that there are people that really enjoy like their work. They worked really hard to get where they are. They really enjoy their career. They want to go back. They want to be with other adults. They want it. And they really look forward to it. And there is nothing wrong with that. We are talking about people who really want to stay home for as long as they possibly can. And they want a maternity leave that is affordable for them. What we're That's talking, what we're talking we're about. We're talking about that you don't have an option. We're talking about that you are forced to go back to work sometimes before you're even healed you know that you are forced to and and many many people i would say the majority of people don't feel ready at that time and should have the option like in um canada they have a a year or a year and a half it's like a year fully paid or a year and a half with like partial pay and my friend lives in canada and she has the option to stay home for a year. She didn't. She's like, I'm a teacher. I'm writing a book. Like she's got, she's like, she got shit to do. And you know, she just didn't take all of that time. I mean, fine. If you're ready, you're ready. The thing is that you're forced to go back oftentimes before you're ready and you don't have an option because you'll starve to death or lose your job or lose your health insurance. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, like, know. because you're like, and you have this hanging over your head and you're forced to do it and it's just not cool. But like, yeah, that has nothing to do with what the parent chooses. If the parents choosing whatever's going on, that's different than like you being forced. Yeah. So we don't want so, yeah. anybody to feel like to- we judged them about that because I, I feel terrible that somebody thinks that we judge them because they wanted to return to work. And that's yeah. absolutely never what the message is. So I hope nobody else feels like that, but I, we wanted to clear that up for sure. And we, yeah, and I mean, we, a, have, we have lots of like return to work episodes and all this stuff to try to help you get back to work if you have to, or if that's what you're choosing to do. That's right. why we do it. <laughs> that's why we do those episodes. That's why we do it. Not to judge you, but to have them. So, and, and there's a lot of um, partners that can take off that don't. And we're not judging that either. I'm like, okay, that's what works for your family. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. You Again, do it's about right the lack you. of choice. It's about that's the lack what of choice. Yeah. That's what it is. It's not. That's all it is. Yeah. 
So anyway, now we're talking about pacifiers and nipple confusion. Which is always also a choice. Yes. Well, right. Exactly. But um, yes, I remember with Jack being in the hospital and I had read a book about like how to get ready for breastfeeding or something. I don't even know what book it was. I was probably like what to expect when you're expecting or something like that with not good information. Um, yeah. And, and I, and it was like, don't let your baby have pacifiers or anything like that. Cause they'll get nipple confusion and then it'll make it more difficult. So we're in the hospital and they have, I don't know where this pacifier room is at the po- hospital, like the pacifier storage room, but I know that it's full because I pulled a pacifier out of my baby's mouth 20 times a day and 20 times a day there was another one appeared in his mouth. Um, and they're like, you know, he's soothing himself, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, it's going to make a nipple confusion. Oh my God. Um, and then, yeah. So what's the deal? Are we, so are, am I, that, did, <laughs> that's actually funny. I find that kind of funny because the hospital that I worked at, we were not baby friendly. And I'll talk about that in a second too. The hospital I worked at was not a baby friendly hospital, but they would absolutely not give a pacifier. They would not give one. They were not allowed to. If the baby went to special care, that was a different story. But if the ba- if your baby was just like your healthy, average newborn, no, they would not give a pacifier at all. Like you had to bring your own or that's it. Like some people would ask too, can we have a pacifier? I'm like, I don't even know where they are. Like we didn't even have them on the floor. They did not have them. They were and then all at I, my hospital. They were all at yeah, were all My at hospital was hoarding them. <laughs> But like they just don't. They're like, no, we're not doing it. If you have, and this is why I wanted to bring this up about the baby friendly hospital because I think people don't know when their baby is baby when their hospital is baby friendly. And there's, yeah, you, you probably won't know. <laughs> you probably won't know. Like we do have a baby friendly hospital here. We have a couple of them, and like you wouldn't really know it. But at a baby friendly hospital, they do not give pacifiers or they're not supposed to give pacifiers because one of the steps to baby friendly, and we do have an episode, I think on baby friendly hospitals. What, because people ask, Oh, but the like the people that I see sometimes, I remember seeing them, they had their baby at our baby friendly hospital and they were like, I, they wouldn't give me a pacifier. They wouldn't let me, you know, whatever they did, whatever. Um, and it's like, yeah, they're baby friendly. They're, they're not supposed to do that, but you don't realize it if your baby, your hospital is baby friendly because that is one of the steps um, to becoming baby friendly. There's 10 steps to baby friendly and it, one of them is to not give pacifiers. So um, because we want breastfeeding to get off to a good start. So a lot of times they say, you know, no pacifier use until the baby is breastfeeding well. Um, And then I'll see people, who like they have they're giving bottles because the baby's not breastfeeding well they're giving bottles they've got a nipple shield and they're like i'm like does the baby have a pacifier and they're like no because they told me not to give one we're doing all the other things like they're doing everything else they're having you give a bottle and they're having you do pa- do a nipple shield so what is the difference if we have one more thing like it's just yeah it's a, it is that is really weird so there is a lot of confusion around pacifiers and i have people that ask that talk about that all the time. And there is a lot of confusion. Does it cause nipple confusion? Does it not cause nipple confusion? Is it bad? Is it not bad? What is the story behind pacifiers? So 
I wanted to do. I did a little research and basically got nowhere because the the results of studies that are done are so mixed that you will find an answer regardless of what you want. Like if you want to find an answer that pacifiers are fine, you're going to find that. If you want to find an answer that pacifiers are not fine, you're going to find that too. So we're going to talk a little bit about it so that hopefully you're going to feel comfortable with the decision you make after we're done talking because there are some things that you can do to figure out if you're a good candidate for a pacifier or not. Now, first of all, did you want your kids to have pacifiers ever or were you just nervous about it for the first time? I was nervous about it for the first one. And then, you know, after a while, I just really wanted them to take a pacifier. God damn it. And they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Mine wouldn't take them either. Yeah, mine were not pacifier kids. They did find their own thing. And that's what people are nervous about, I think, about them like sucking their thumb or, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, kids do find something to soothe them. Um, some people, some parents, some families like, because I'll ask, I always ask, does your baby have a pacifier? Be- not because I'm judgy, but just because I want to know what's going on. Like, Yeah, you um, need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my kids were constantly nursing. So there was not I mean, I, the, the, by the time that I wanted them to have pacifiers, it was because they were constantly nursing. And I was like, Jesus Christ, can I have a break for a second? <laughs> and they take wouldn't take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine were like kind of the same way, too. They couldn't be bothered. And then I had one that sucked his first two fingers. My oldest sucked his first two fingers. Yeah. And I, to the like, I can't even remember when he stopped, but he remembers still sucking his fingers. So it he must have been like at least three or four because he remembers and i was like he's gonna freaking gag himself at some point and that's probably when he'll stop because (laughs) um and then one my daughter would wrap her blanket around her thumb and shove (gasps) all of that in her mouth oh my god i I used to i used to suck my thumb but i would and i would wrap my blanket around like my first finger or something oh like while i was sucking my thumb and then my other son would like just kind of like on his on his tongue. Oh, uh-huh. would like suck on that. So the, everybody really had their own thing. Then my mother told my daughter, "You're going to ruin your teeth," and she stopped doing it immediately. Probably because my oh. mother like scared her or something. I don't know, but yeah, like, because my mother would be scary at times. But um, and then my son remembers hiding sucking his fingers because Aww. my parents would always yell at him. For it. So he would like hide behind a pillow. You know, like he'd like lay on the oh. pillow, hide behind the pillow. Oh. But that's what people want to get away from. They're like, I don't want my kid sucking their fingers or sucking their thumb, so I'll give them a pacifier instead. And some, you know, some kids just won't take them. But first, we're going to talk quickly about preemies because, like NICUs, you will always find a pacifier in a baby's mouth in a NICU or a special care nursery. And people are like, I didn't want the baby to have a pacifier. I told them not to do it. There's actually reasons why they do it. So. One of the one of the studies that I found was um, correlation between pacifier use in preterm neonates and breastfeeding in, infa- in infancy. So they kind of looked at when a baby had a pacifier as a preemie, did that impact their breastfeeding as they got a little bit older? But this was really interesting information, and I'm going to read that to, read it to you guys because I took the time to actually highlight it, so I'm going to read it. it. Says to start breastfeeding, the neonate must have extensive oral capacities for sucking functions. The two patterns with which the neonate acquires these abilities are the non-nutritive sucking and nutritive sucking. 
Non-nutritive sucking occurs in the absence of food supply when the infant sucks a finger or a pacifier. Non-nutritive sucking also can be accomplished at the non-lactating or low-lactating nipple as well. So that's where we have our comfort nursers, right? Or babies that just kind of like stay on the breast after they're done feeding. Um, you know, they just kind of want to be at the breast. They just do those little, but you don't see any swallows. That's mm-hmm. what we call non-nutritive sucking. Um. Non-nutritive sucking has several psychological benefits, such as improved digestion, behavioral organization, and pain management, while nutritive sucking occurs when the infant uses a bottle or during breastfeeding. Non-nutritive sucking is a fundamental infant skill that is important for oral feeding and Mm self-regulation. And we know they give those pacifiers to soothe the baby, right? Right. That's Mm -hmm. the point, which teaches them how to self Regulate. Yes. They are self-regulating when they are either sucking on a pacifier or non-nutritively sucking on you. Yes. That's what they're doing. They're not using you as a pacifier when you have them, like when they want to be at the breast and they're just kind of like pacifying, for lack of a better word, they're not using you as a pacifier. And we hear that all the time. Oh, the baby's just using me as a pacifier. They're not. There's reasons why they're doing that. It's very important. Extremely important. important. And beyond, beyond like the skill of sucking or whatever you said. I mean, this is what we talked about in those um, attachment episodes. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is a time where they are like actually like forming an attachment to you, which is really the basis of their attachments for the rest of their lives. So yeah, no pressure. But. Right. It, says, it begins, non-nutritive sucking begins long before a neonate is born and has been observed since the 15th week, 15th week of intrauterine life. Non-nutritive sucking in the neonate is a primitive reflex that is predictable. However, it can be affected by preterm birth. Neonates may not have the muscle strength needed to suck successfully in contrast to the full-term neonate. The risk of loss of the sucking reflex has been identified in neonates who are separated from their mothers for long periods of time due to neonatal intensive care unit, the NICU hospitalization. Stimulation of non-nutritive sucking through the pacifier in a NICU is the facilitator to start sucking feeding with the aim of reducing the duration of hospital stay at the start of breastfeeding pacifiers in this situation are being used in a therapeutic way and people get really i've had people be really really upset that their baby received a pacifier in the NICU because they didn't want their baby to have anything else and this a lot of times is like if you have a full-term baby um, or a baby that's a few weeks early and they're sick and they're in the NICU and they're like i didn't want the baby to have a pacifier it's like but they're separated from you they're separated from you they need to continue that sucking process and they need that that soothing mm-hmm. they need that non-nutritive sucking right. so it is okay it's okay like it's therapeutic for them at this point in time so pacifiers are can be a, like a cultural object the pacifier is related to the social representation of a calm child and a recumbent mother however this use has been identified as a factor linked with lower duration and ex- exclusivity of breastfeeding with the bottom line with the preemies is that they say that when preemies do use a pacifier, the research has shown that they do better at breastfeeding and they are able to be discharged sooner and they gain weight faster because they are figuring out that suck. They're strengthening their suck. They're regulating themselves. They're doing their non-nutritive sucking, which is important for them to do. And they end up transferring to the breast a little bit easier. So I think that is really, really 
interesting. Um, this is baby friendly hospitals following the recommendations of the WHO code at, or of WHO and UNICEF are encouraged to limit access to pacifiers after childbirth as part of the 10 steps to successful breastfeeding. And that's what we were talking about earlier. Um, there have been several studies that have shown a negative correlation between pacifier exposure and ongoing exclusive breastfeeding, while other studies show that limiting the distribution to pacifiers to breastfed infants re resulted in a reduction of exclusive breastfeeding. So it is really, you're going to find all sorts of information. And we should probably take a break and then we're going to talk about like full-term babies. Yes. Well. we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Motif Medical. Are you in search of the perfect pump for your breastfeeding days? The Motif Luna breast pump is covered by insurance and proven to provide more milk in less time. The Motif Luna is lightweight, sleek, quiet, and customizable, so you can quickly find what works best for you and your baby. The Luna also features a backlit LCD screen, built-in nightlight, it is a closed system, pump, has a quiet motor and an auto shut off. And the battery powered model gives you even more freedom and flexibility with a rechargeable battery that lasts over two hours. In a third party study, five out of six moms reported more milk in less time than the leading pump brands. The expression mode works to express milk from the breast as efficiently as possible, while the massage mode would stimulate letdown by mimicking baby's natural nursing pattern. Get ready to make your pumping days easier with the Motif Luna. Head to Motif Medical, that's M-O-T-I-F Medical, and use promo code B-A-B-F-2-3, B-A-B-F-2-3, for 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity makes those luxury maternity and nursing bras in all sorts of styles and sizes and shapes that will suit your body type. With over 18 years experience, Cake Maternity sets the standard in embracing and showing the realities of motherhood. With no photoshopping policy, Cake Maternity are taking it a step further by committing to show and share real stories and imagery of moms in their most raw and vulnerable moments to help remove any stigma and encourage open sharing of the realities of motherhood. The campaign, aptly titled We See You Warrior, embraces and acknowledges all moms without judgment and encourages women to share an unfiltered moment as a mom on Instagram to build a community of supportive women. Check out their photos and this campaign on Instagram at cake maternity. That's cake like birthday cake maternity and check out their bras as well at cakematernity.com. And you can use code badass 15 for 15% off of your purchase. And the sponsors and the promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode, wherever you are listening from, and also at Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. At BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com, you, BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com, you will find all of our other episodes. You will also find information about scheduling your very own one-on-one -on -one online lactation consultation with Diane. Healthy so, babies. Healthy babies. So one of the studies, <clears throat> I, I did look at several, one of the studies that I really liked, um, one of the reasons why they encourage um, pacifier use, like a lot of times you'll hear, in, like in the pediatric office that I worked at, they would always say, if you, you know, you can give a pacifier after breastfeeding is well established and it's really good because of SIDS. 
especially give them, you know, for sleep because it's, um, it's a SIDS, it helps with SIDS risks. So that is really like, they do, they do have research behind the fact that pacifier use does help to protect against SIDS because the pacifier use helps them to like, I think it puts them in like a, uh, like a less of a deep sleep cycle, right? Mm. Like, is that, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So this, and that's one thing that I wanted to, you know, to definitely um, comment on because that is something that's pretty common that you, you hear people say. So another study that I found, they're talking about more um, full-term healthy babies. So one study reported that avoidance of pacifiers had no effect on crying and fussing behaviors at four, six, or nine weeks, and also reported no effect on the risk of weaning before age three months. However, the data were incomplete and could not be included in this particular study. So that's one thing that we keep seeing. There's a lot of inconsistencies to these studies when it comes to pacifier use, and I'll tell you why too. But pacifier use in healthy term breastfeeding infants started from birth or after lactation is established did not significantly affect the prevalence or duration of exclusive and partial breastfeeding up to four months of age. Evidence to assess the short-term breastfeeding difficulties faced by mothers and long-term effect of pacifiers on infants' health is lacking. Um, So this, I really like this study because it gives a plain language summary, which I think is fun. Because you usually don't get that in a study. But it says right on here, plain language summary. Oh, thank you. I know, right? So effect of restricted pacifier use on duration of breastfeeding in full-term infants. What is the issue and why is it important? A pacifier used to common infant has become a cultural norm in many parts of the world. Unlimited pacifier use might cause nipple confusion in newborn and hence early termination of breastfeeding. We wanted to explore the effect of restricting the use of pacifiers on the duration of breastfeeding. What did we find? So they looked at a bunch of different studies um, and it said mothers in the studies that were motivated to breastfeed recruited immediately after birth and at two weeks of life. We found that unrestricted use of a pacifier did not affect the proportion of infants exclusive or partial breastfeeding at three and four months. And the studies were remarkably consistent. We judged this to be a moderate quality evidence. There was no information on the effect of pacifier use on any breastfeeding difficulties experienced with the mothers, maternal satisfaction, infant crying and fussing, and infant problems such as ear infections. Um, Use of pacifiers is supposed to also contribute to ear infections. So um, I'm not exactly sure about all of that either. I think it has, I don't know what it has to do with, but. Contribute to giving ear infections? Yeah. Oh. No, to giving them. Oh. Um, and of course, dental, you know, it causes dental issues as well right. if they have them for long periods of time. So what they're saying is in motivated mothers, there is moderate quality evidence that pacifier use in healthy term breastfeeding infants before and after lactation is established does not reduce the duration of breastfeeding up to four months of age. And they only looked at up to four months of age. That's why they're saying four months of age. Doesn't mean that like after four months of age you're you know, shit out of luck or anything like that. However, there is insufficient information on the potential harms of pacifiers on infants and mothers. So what they're saying is that until like we really have really great studies, mothers who are well motivated to breastfeed should be encouraged to make a decision on the use of a pacifier based on personal preference. So what these studies have shown us is that if the mother was really dedicated to breastfeeding, 
that was what she wanted to do. And she was really dedicated to that. A pacifier was not going to impede her, her dedication, and it was not going to impede her success. A lot of the problems that they found didn't have anything to do with breastfeeding at all. They found things like um, cultural issues, domestic issues, breastfeeding problems, like say, oh, well, I had mastitis four times and yeah, the baby had a pacifier from birth. That doesn't, and I stopped breastfeeding. Well, maybe it was the mastitis. Maybe it wasn't the pacifier. Or I had a painful latch and the baby had a pacifier. People can look at that and say, well, the pacifier was a reason for the, for the bad latch. Or maybe the pacifier just ha- maybe the baby just had a bad latch and the mother never had help and she ended up not breastfeeding anymore. Like those kinds of things get blamed on pacifier use. But if we have a mother who is a dedicated, what they're saying is if we have a mother that is dedicated to feeding her baby human milk, then the pacifier is not going to get in the way of that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think a lot of things do get end up being blamed on I mean we know that everything turns into like a feeding issue mm-hmm. so therefore everything is going to get blamed on right everything's going to get blamed on yeah right. so a couple of things that are very that are true and one of the reasons why people are concerned about pacifier use is because it is really easy if your baby is a baby who enjoys having a pacifier yeah. it is really easy to just pop that pacifier in and not breastfeed the baby it is really easy to do that. Yeah. And if you're like, oh, and I, this is usually what I tell people too, because then I'll get kind of get into what I've seen in my practice, which is no, in no way, shape or form research, by the way, it is totally anecdotal, the stuff I'm going to tell you about what I've seen in my practice. But I have been doing this for a minute. So I've seen a few babies with pacifiers. Um, if, if your baby is hungry, like if you know, okay, my baby just woke up from a nap. They're going to probably want to eat, but I'm in the middle of doing laundry and I've got three phone calls to make. I'm just going to pop the pacifier in and I'll get to them in a minute. You know, that is going to extend the distance between breastfeeding Mm -hmm. and your baby. And that is where we we come into problems is when we're using the pacifier to hold the baby off from feeding. And we know it just said in that first study here non-nutritive sucking improves digestion because the sucking stimulates a hormone that will help with digestion. So if babies are sucking, sucking, sucking on a pacifier when they should be eating, they might not be that hungry because it is telling they're getting that sensation that they're full. They're like, it's releasing a hormone that's telling them that they're full. So it really can impact that breastfeeding relationship if used in place of breastfeeding. So babies should be breastfeeding when they're supposed to breastfeed. And you can use that pacifier if like how Abby said, oh, my God, they were always on the breast. I just wanted a break. Sometimes you need that, right? Like sometimes you just need that. Or sometimes you you know your baby's not hungry and they're doing that cluster feeding and they just want to soothe and settle Sometimes that's when a pacifier can come in handy. Or if you're away from your baby and somebody else wants to use a pacifier with your baby after a bottle or something like that. Because I'll tell people to do that. Like if if it's a baby that has a pacifier and they're at daycare, instead of overfeeding the baby, let them have a pacifier after they finish their bottle. Mm, mm-hmm. um, 
or like a lot of people, I have a lot of people that'll just use them in the car. The baby's fussy in the car with the car ride being in the car seat. So they'll let them have the pacifier at that point. There's lots of reasons to use them where they're not impacting feeding. It's just, you know, people figure out there's ways to use them that do not impact feeding that doesn't come into contact with feeding at all has nothing to do with feeding. It's just only for soothing, only for sleep, only for car seats, um, you know, during situations where the baby is super fussy. I have seen them come into very, one of the things that I see, and I see this too with, with bottles. And I tell people, I'm not a huge believer of nipple confusion. And the reason behind that is I think if a baby is not taking a bottle or they're taking a bottle a lot and not going back to the breast, I don't think that's necessarily nipple confusion. I think there's a problem with breastfeeding. And the the only time I mm. ever see babies that don't take bottles well or that don't go back and forth well or that the pacifier is impacting their feeds is because the baby didn't feed well from the start. You know, we've got a baby that is not feeding well from the start. They're having breastfeeding issues anyway. Maybe they have a suck dysfunction. Maybe there's a tongue tie issue, um, something like that. And that is impacting their feeding process. That is impacting their feeding success. Not the bottle itself and not the pacifier itself. It is whatever's going on with that baby that we need to fix in order for them to be a, a good feeder. You know, that is what that is what I see, have seen in my practice personally. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people like, you know, a lot of this is very cultural, you know, cause I have seen people that are like, oh, I have to get the baby to take a pacifier. Like, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. And for those people, like it's not impacting their feet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like you need, pacifiers are fine, but you need to be mindful of when and how you're using it. Because I think people are just like, we don't have a lot of information about breastfeeding to begin with. And then it's like pacifiers are really normal. So we're just give, I mean, like pacifiers are something that are always around, right? It's like, that's a baby gift or a shower gift, pacifiers. Yeah. And you're well, just, like, oh, it was a great add on. It was right at the, you know. Yeah, right. And And then we're just putting them in the baby's mouth without like understanding, like, also understanding the different like suckles at the breast, like this baby is eating right now. This is not time for a pacifier. The baby needs to finish eating. Maybe when they're finished eating, like just being like more mindful and like understanding how to use it instead of just kind of constantly throwing it in the baby's mouth and then deciding to feed whenever you're finally sitting down. Exactly. I had a mom once who I, I absolutely love her. And she honestly, like they had fine breast, they had breastfeeding success. And this baby had a pacifier to match every outfit she had. <laughs> like it, it was adorable. Like I got to I got to say it was adorable because every time she came in and this was when I worked at the, um, the uh, healthy, healthy moms, um, which was a, it was like a, pregnancy education you know like new new mother clinic type thing program was a program and um that baby would come in and she was like adorable and she had like a different pacifier with every color of every, every outfit she had on very whatever fancy. color yeah yeah it would match it was so cute she was so cute um but she breastfed fine like she didn't have any problems with breastfeeding 
Um, a lot of it is like, I have definitely seen them be therapeutic. And I do try to tell people that, especially if they're really nervous about it. And I've got yeah. a baby that is not breastfeeding well, that their suck is really weak. Um, they're not coordinated at all. Sometimes that pacifier can actually help. Just like sometimes bottles can be therapeutic. I see that all the time too. And we really give them a very, very bad rap because we're like, oh my God, they're evil. You cannot use this bottle. You cannot use this pacifier. And sometimes with a baby that really is struggling, they've got a weak suck. They've got, they're uncoordinated. They're trying to figure it out. They just can't get it right. And which happens sometimes with these little babies and the pacifier can actually be used to strengthen those sucks, which is what they use it for in the NICU. That's how those babies that are like, you know, early with a very weak suck, that's how they practice is with a pacifier. That's why they end up going to the breast better. What's what those research studies have found with those preemies, they end up breastfeeding better because they've been practicing. And that's usually what I tell parents too. Cause they'll be like, Oh my gosh, what if my baby has a pacifier? I'm like, babies in the NICU have them all the time. And a lot of them breastfeed just fine. So it really does. You have to just be mindful of what you're doing with it. Um, if your baby is already breastfeeding fine and you're not having problems with your, with breastfeeding, you're probably not going to have a problem offering a bottle and you're probably not going to have a problem with your baby taking a pacifier and not replacing it with breastfeeding. You know, it's not going to come in, mm -hmm. in into, but I think to put that blanket statement out of, um, this is terrible. Like don't ever give your baby one. I had a mom, I'll never forget this mom called me. She was really, really having a hard time with her baby with cluster feeding and just felt so touched out and so overwhelmed. And she was like, can I please give a pacifier? Cause she really felt like she couldn't. And yeah. if it's like, if it's between your baby breastfeeding at all and yeah. a pacifier, give the pacifier. Like if you really are like, I can't do this. I cannot, I cannot let my, I cannot be latching my baby every two minutes overnight. It is making me crazy. I can't do it. I would rather just give them a bottle and not breastfeed anymore. Like if that's your mm -hmm. situation, I mean, come on. The choice is obvious there, you know? So I think really like some of these studies, it really does depend on what is happening with your baby. We have to look at the whole situation and we have to look at it baby by baby and see what, what the best thing is going to be for you. But I wouldn't, you know, one of the reasons why I wouldn't use them is because it is hard to get them off of them. But mm. you know. yeah, I mean, I worried about that in the beginning. And then when you're in the middle of it, I'm like, oh, God. I know. I wish I had, like, you know, started this earlier, gotten them used to it or something. I know. and But you don't know because you read all the time. Like, it's going to be dangerous. Uh -huh. You can't give it. It's going to be, it's going to keep your baby from nursing it's ruin well. everything. And I also tell people, too, that, like, if you notice that there is, if you give your baby a pacifier once and you latch them, you go to latch them again, and you're struggling, you're having a hard time, they're not latching well, or it's painful, it feels really shallow because the pacifier is a shallow suck, then don't give it to them again. But I rarely see that. I yeah. think I've seen that maybe once or twice. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't happen very often. Um, but you can also, if you want to play it safe, you can wait a couple of weeks until you feel like breastfeeding is going really well. 
and give it to them after that if it's something that you really want to do. If you're a family that doesn't want to use them anyway, because I do have a lot of families that are like, I'm just really not, I just don't want to use one. I'd rather just nurse the baby. And that is perfect. But I do find a lot of families, like when I worked in the hospital, I remember one of the lactation consultants would say, if your baby wants to suck, latch them, don't give them anything else. Mm -hmm. And for some families, that was not, that was not realistic for them. That's not what they wanted out of their breastfeeding relationship. They wanted yeah. to feed the baby and be done. And yeah. That was it. Right. And pacifiers allow for that. Yeah. If you're being mindful of, you know, when and how you're using it. But I want people to know you will, baby will never use you as a pacifier. That is not oh. what is going on. That is all. such a stupid thing to say. I know. I hate that statement. But yeah. So, so basically bottom line, we don't have great outcomes for you as far as, you know, definitive answers, but I can tell you, be mindful of what you're doing with it. And that, you know, there's research that can, that show, you know, shows that breastfeeding does not get interrupted with pacifier use. And there's research showing that it does. So until we have something that's super definitive, just be mindful. Just know what you're doing with it. That's all. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.